have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Now turn to your neighbor and just tell them that you love them, would you? This could be a video moment right here. There we go. Yay. <laughs> Oops. As I throw everything else on the floor. All right. As we... Uh, finish up our series on uh, when pigs fly I wanted to share with you I got permission from the folks that turned in their um, uh, connection cards related to uh, a miracle that they had experienced and they said to be uh, welcome uh, if I serve the I shared these with you so thought I would do that and uh, uh, Leah uh, Matthews shared this story Uh, it was a cousin's wife got the measles in the first trimester of her pregnancy. The doctors wanted to abort and said every uh, everything that could be wrong would be uh, with that child. She refused. That baby is now 40 years old and doesn't even wear glasses. There's a miracle. That's a miracle. And then uh, Sherry Blair, she had two two pieces to this. The first one she said that I'm here, period. <laughs> That's a miracle. That with cancer and, and the overcoming of cancer and uh, still battling cancer, but she's still here. But this is the one that really got my attention. She had a car accident when she was 20. Uh, I didn't realize I had cars back then. And and the miracle will be that I leave here alive. So, <laughs> but she had a car accident when she was twenty. Uh, the car rolled five times, no seat belts. That was back in the day when you, I guess you had maybe a lap belt was about all you'd have. Walked away from that accident, and had a friend uh, went through the back window, and had cuts on her back, and that's. And had a baby on board, and everybody lived. Isn't that an amazing story? Provision of God. That big old car rolled five times. So, just, what's that? Yeah. (laughs) Back when they made cars that really lasted, right? Yeah. Didn't have to worry about fender benders. (laughs) But uh, I just wanted to make sure that you heard those stories and that you get to uh, experience the miracle move of God in your life. And I'm sure many of you could share stories like that, that uh, you've experienced and been a part of. And uh, that's awesome. We're on, we're on session four of our series, When Pigs Fly. This is the final session. Uh, I've really enjoyed preaching this series to you. Uh, next Sunday, I'll start a new series uh, in Galatians. And I hope you'll come, and I want you to bring your Bibles, uh, a pen, highlight pen. We're going to look at some things in the book uh, 
Uh, and so I want you to come and, and be ready for that over the next, uh, for the month of October. Um, we want to talk today about the miracle of provision. Uh, Jeff, the next slide has the four different types of miracles if you just click those in. So we've talked about the miracle of healing and uh, the miracle of protection, the miracle of deliverance, and today is our miracles of provision. Let's be honest. How many of you have experienced or perhaps are experiencing now tight money times? <laughs> we went from uh, when Mark and his uh, family moved in with us, uh, their job changed and it's, they're in a different season in their life. And uh, we went from feeding two to six and I noticed my food bill instantly jumped and uh I just have two grandsons, the one's three, and the other one's 18 months, but they eat like teenagers. It's crazy. It's crazy. But uh, I noticed my water bill has increased, and uh, just all kinds of things have increased. Cindy can't park in the garage anymore, and uh, that's, that's a bad thing. But anyway, it's all worked out. It always does. But um, money gets tight, doesn't it? Uh, and, and it really... What I've discovered, and maybe you have too, is it doesn't matter how much you have, money can be tight. Now, there's a, a gentleman who's playing for the Chicago Bears. He played for the Oakland Raiders a football team. And uh, Khalil um, Mack, thank you, Khalil Mack, uh, Oakland wouldn't deal with him, so he got traded, and he the trade netted him a guaranteed amount I think over a five-year period of $90 million, guaranteed. The, the contract was for a hundred and some odd million dollars. I'm just asking myself, I bet that guy's going to struggle. I mean, when you think of $90 million guaranteed over five years, I mean, do the math. That's a pretty good chunk of change every, every year over a five-year period. Or 10-year period even. Even if it was 10 years, that's what, $9 million a year? Boy, that's a lot of beer and wine and cheese, I guess. But, man. But money's tight and it really doesn't matter what level of that money income you have. Some people know how to manage it well and others don't. Jesus gave us an example, didn't he, in the, in the uh, parable of the, of the uh, stewards? Yeah, he had one that they, uh, he said, you know, take care of this. And he went out and he invested it and multiplied it. And the second one did the same. Third one hoarded his. Oh, no, no, I don't want my master to be angry. And you know what the answer when he came back. And the third one uh, got raked over the coals. There's student loans to pay back. There's medical bills that increase. There's car payments that seem to roll around more regularly than once a month. <laughs> kids, if you have kids, it's a constant outflow of income. <laughs> if you have kids. I like the new thing now, the braces, they'll just send them to you in the mail. And you put this little mouthpiece, you put it in, it straightens your teeth out. So, man, where was that when I needed it? Probably cost the same as putting the wire in there and cranking up the wire and hurting their mouth. But I hope that the message today will bring some encouragement to you as we look at different stories of provision in Scripture. The good news is that there are actually countless numbers of stories where people feared that they didn't 
have enough. And if you're taking notes, there is good news. In every story of need, this is the very top of your outline, in the very story of need, in every story of need, there is a miracle of provision. In every story of need, there's a miracle of provision. All through Scripture, every time you see a story of need, you see a miracle of provision. Over and over and over again in the Gospels, when there's thousands of people who are hungry, on a hillside, the disciples cry out to Jesus, what are we going to do? Jesus said, feed them. Disciples said, but we only have some loaves and some fishes. Jesus takes the loaves and the fishes, lifts them to heaven, blesses them, and God multiplies. Everybody eats, and they had 12 baskets left over, basketfuls of food left over for each of them to take with them on the boat to remind them of God's provision. Uh, Old Testament, prophet Elisha uh, talking to the widow who was scared for her future. She felt like she didn't have enough. The prophet said, what do you have? And she said, I don't have anything really. But I've got a small jar of olive oil. He asked her to pour that into some containers. And as long as she had containers, God miraculously provided more oil. And from very little, He multiplied it into very, very much. Whether it's bread from heaven, where it's whether it's meat delivered by birds, maybe it's a giant fish provided to rescue a rebellious man named Jonah. In every story of need, there is miraculous provision. Philippians 4.19 God, through Paul, gave some great news to the church in Philippi. And my God will, will meet, my God will meet, say it with me, all your needs. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Now church, we don't know how God does things, but we know that God will do things. We've seen them. How many of you have seen God make a provision when there really wasn't another way? There absolutely wasn't a way. God somehow provides. It just amazes you, doesn't it? But it shouldn't. It shouldn't. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from Him. And yet, before we dive into this idea of God being a miraculous provider, we've got to acknowledge something that we've seen in Scripture, and that's this. God promises to meet your needs, but He's never promised to provide your wants. Big difference between needs and wants. Amen? I'll I'll wait till you say amen. (laughs) How many of us know there is a difference? Let me see your hands. Okay. Good. For instance, we may need new shoes. But is it the kind of shoes that we want or the shoes that we need? There's a big difference. Do you want the Air Jordans? Or do you just want some shoes that'll work? You see. We need a house. Okay? Do you need a 9,000 square foot home for two people? Probably not. Do you need nine bathrooms? Mm, 
No. You see what I'm saying? But God knows you need things and He will provide for you. And He has provided, has He not? Time and time again. Some of you need rest. Well, my idea of rest is on a beach down in the Caribbean listening to the Jamaican music and having the waves roll up at my feet. But it costs money to get down there, amen, and to survive down there. When God just may want me to sit on my back porch and take a deep breath. But, you know, all of us have our wants, but God knows what we need. So let me give you three principles of miracles of God's provision that we're going <clears> to <throat> look at today. Here's the first one. Write it down. When God guides, He always provides. When God guides, He always provides. <clears throat> Isaiah 58, 11 is a great, rich verse of Scripture. It says, The Lord will what? Guide you always. He will what? Satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Now think about that for a minute. A sun-scorched land, He'll provide your needs. I have some friends that used to live in Phoenix, Arizona. And they would always say, hey man, come see us, come see us. I'd say, oh boy, I'd love to come see us. And, yeah, we got a pool in our backyard. I think everybody in Phoenix has a pool in their backyard. I don't know. But it's... I told him, I said, well, but what's, a, what's a good time of the year to come? He said, any time. I said, any time? I said, you mean even in the summer? He said, oh, yeah, man, it's great out here in the summer. I said, it's 194,000 degrees. He goes, but it's a different kind of heat. Have you ever heard that one? Not only about you, but 194 degrees is really it's hot. I mean, 100 degrees out there is hot. It's hot. When it goes to triple digits, that's hot. Then when you've got a humidity that matches it, it's even more hot. It's terrible. It's uncomfortable. It's a different kind of heat. I love that. But the Lord will always guide you is what Isaiah says. So as He's guiding us, what's He doing? He's guiding us and satisfying our needs, it says, in a sun-scorched land. In a way that we don't even know He's making provision for. Understand this though. He doesn't provide for your dreams. He doesn't respond to your ambitions. He just simply provides for His will. And when you're walking in sync with His will and purpose, His provision will always be there. God's provision is not... A get-out-of-jail-free card for stupid financial decisions that we make. It's not. But I believe God's calling us back to a place of understanding with what He promises are, what His promises are, and just letting those flow into our lives. Keep believing and trusting in the promises of God. One of my favorite Old Testament stories and examples of this is Abraham. Hopefully you're familiar with the story, but uh, if not, let me kind of refresh your memory. Abraham and his wife Sarah longed, longed for one thing, and it was a child. 
a son that was promised to them by God. And the fact God told Abraham he'd become the father of many nations. And so day after day, Abraham and Sarah, they prayed and they waited. Year after year, they prayed and they waited. Decade after decade, they prayed and they waited. I mean, you're talking about faith. These people had faith. Many of you have experienced the loss of a baby before they're born or shortly thereafter. Nothing more tragic on this side of glory than a mother who loses that baby. And we never know the reason. We never know the reason. Uh, A lot of people will say, well, God must have needed uh, a bright ray of sunshine back in heaven. Okay. But He sure left a cloud down here. (laughs) A lot of tears. And I've seen parent after parent after parent over the years struggle with that. And Abraham and Sarah were struggling. And you know the story in the latter part of their lives when they were both really far past childbearing years. God delivers. And they have their little boy named Isaac. And as he grows and they teach him the ways of God. And God then tells Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son to me. And so Abraham takes Isaac up to the mountain and in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 8 he says God will provide the lamb Isaac is asking where's the the sacrifice because he's been with him many times and seen this where's the sacrifice where's the stuff for it God will provide God will provide what faith so they go to the mountain they build the altar Abraham lays his son on the altar ties him down lifts the knife to plunge into the chest of his son. Angel stops him. He says, I know that you fear God. But here's the provision of God. In Genesis 22, verse 13. Abraham looked up and over in the thicket he sees a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram and what? sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. When did God make the provision? When Abraham went to the mountain? When Abraham built the altar? When Abraham bound his son and laid him on the altar? When he raised the knife to plunge into the chest of his son? When did God make the provision? On the backside of Abraham's faith. On the backside of his faith. You may be facing a medical crisis. You may be facing financial crisis, a family crisis of some kind. God is waiting for your faith to be extended and to be shown perhaps before his provision will be made. Reba and I have gone back and forth on the phone with, uh, he should say, Brother Phillips, I just don't know that God's hearing my prayers. Boy, struggle when you feel like there's a ceiling and your prayers aren't getting any higher than the ceiling, right? It's very frustrating. But then another conversation we had not too long after that, she said, she said, Brother Phillips, guess what? I'm going to get a ramp built so I can get out of this house. I'm going to escape. <laughs> and here she is today. Isn't that awesome? God made a provision. 
Time and time again, God will do it. So Abraham names the mountain that he took his son to, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Abraham was fixed on the will of God. He was fixed on God's will, demonstrating his faith. And what we often struggle with is if we're honest, is that it's not being fixed on God, but being fixed on what we lack. Oh God, I can't do Oh God, we don't do Oh, I... You know, our church faces a real dilemma. We do, we do. We do. We need more people involved at River Oaks Church who call this home, who will reach into their pocketbooks and give more money consistently so that the ministry can continue on. And we can reach more people. That's a, that's a simple explanation of where we are. I mean, so often we'll say, so, well, we'll look at the street, the church down the street, man, they're just, they're, they're just overloaded. Why can't we just have some of them? I don't know. We don't want them. Let's go get somebody else. You know somebody that's not going to church. Oh, I've asked them, preacher. Man, I've asked them. I got you. Keep asking. Keep asking. In, encourage them to come and you'll buy their lunch. 75% of people will come to a church service to visit if you invite them, if you include a meal. <laughs> so take them to breakfast before or take them to lunch after. They'll come and endure anything I've got going on just to get that meal. But make sure you make the meal a good meal, okay? <laughs> Don't take them to the Golden Rainbow Steakhouse called McDonald's. I mean, but you know, make, it a, make it a decent meal. You, you understand what I'm saying. But we don't get so fixed on God, but we get fixed on our lack. And when God is the one guiding you, His provision will always be there. Second thing I want you to know. Write this down. God miraculously multiplies what is given. God miraculously multiplies what is given. It's really a miracle how God works. I've been at this church as your pastor now. I'm in my 24th year here. In River Oaks. That's unheard of in most churches. <laughs> Anywhere, any denomination, doesn't matter. Preachers usually, the average stay of a preacher is about three to four years. The average stay of a youth minister is 16 months. Anywhere, it doesn't matter, across the denomination line, doesn't matter. Preachers get through with their five hot sermons and a, and a quick car <laughs> and they're gone. A lot of times preachers have to face their own demons. They don't like that. So they, they do what they can, then they move on. There'll always be another church. And God is calling me. Right? What I've been so grateful for, and God has provided for me, me as an individual preacher for you, is that you've allowed me to be me. You've allowed me to stub my toe. You've allowed me to even fall off the stage. You've allowed me to make mistakes. And you've loved me through my mistakes. Am I perfect? No. Was I even close? Never. Am I going to make some more mistakes? Yes, I'm afraid I will. But some people get an expectation of of preachers and church leaders that we're supposed to live, and, and we are, we're supposed to live in a way that's different, a little bit different than other people, but yet we still have feet of clay. 
We still stumble. We still make mistakes. How many in the Bible did you ever see that happen to? But God miraculously multiplies what is given. I mean, when the Israelites were out in the wilderness struggling, He sent bread from heaven and quail from heaven. When Jonah wouldn't go where he needed to go, God sent the big fish to swallow him up and get him there. But sometimes God wants to build our faith, church. He wants to build our faith. Sometimes God invites you to be a part of His miracle. And I believe that's what He's doing to River Oaks right now. He's inviting us to be a part of the miracle. Could God fill this church every Sunday? Every, every seat? Absolutely. Absolutely God could do it. But why should He? What are we doing to help Him? You see. If everyone, we can double next Sunday if everybody will bring one person and themselves and come back. We've done it. We've done it. You can do it. We can do it. But better than that, God can do it. But He needs our arms, He needs our feet, He needs our mouths, our eyes, our ears. He needs us to be a part of it and a part of that miracle. He took the widow's oil and the more she poured, the more flowed. When did the loaves and the fish multiply? When did Abraham become the father of many nations? Well, here's what we know. Our God always miraculously multiplies what's given. Paul writes to the church in Corinth in chapter 9, verse 10. He says, This generous God who supplies abundant need for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, He supplies every need plus more. Then He multiplies the seed as you sow it. So God multiplies... As we sow it. So if we're just sitting back waiting, God may not multiply anything. Now you know, if you have any sense at all, you know I'm fixing to talk about tithing. And I am. There's a great principle. It's a biblical principle to tithe. Some people believe that the tithe was a part of the Levitical law. It was in there, but the first example of the tithe was actually 400 years prior to God giving Moses the law on Mount Sinai. And then it was reaffirmed by Jesus in the New Testament, and there is very few things that declare in your own life that God is your provider like honoring Him with the tithe. And what is it? It's one-tenth of our income. Actually, it's the first one-tenth of our income. It's not one-tenth of our income. It's the first one-tenth of our income. And if you will give that, you're demonstrating, God, you truly are first in my life. First in my life. Go back to the story of Abraham. 
God knew the purpose that He had had for Abraham's life. And He knew that Abraham couldn't carry the weight of his calling if he was holding anything back from God. So by the fact that he was willing to give his only son that God finally gave him when he was 100 years old, wow, God knew that he really meant business. Does he mean you mean business? Does he know that? Do you tithe like you should? That's when you and God. I'll never know unless you come up and tell me. So let's review real quick. Number one, when God guides, He always provides. Number two, God miraculously uh, multiplies what is given. And then number three, that you might be a part of God's miraculous provision. That you might be a part of God's miraculous provision. You might be an answer to someone else's prayer. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Wow. You will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. You ever met with somebody or you're just having lunch or whatever and you'll overhear a conversation, you hear a need being presented and does your heart ever jump and go, you know, I can meet that need. You ever called the waitress over and said, hey, I'll take care of that ticket. Hey, I'll take care of their bill for them. And then and don't tell them who it was, just tell them it's just to pass it on. Just to pass it on. One of the things I love to do is when I'm in a restaurant, especially if a policeman comes in or a fireman or you know, first responder of some kind, I try to I try to buy their lunch. But I don't want anybody to know I bought it, so I tell the waitress, "Hey, just just keep it between you and me." And if they ask who paid for it, say, "Well, God did," because <laughs> God wants to thank you for what you do. That'll leave a message, won't it? So be generous. Is my point here. And understand that God has enriched us so that we can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity results in thanksgiving to God. Well, preacher, what if I don't have enough? What if I can't make a difference with what little bit I've got? You're limiting God. You're limiting God. You mean my $10 can make a difference... That $100 can make a difference. That $25,000 can make a difference. Absolutely can make a difference. Absolutely can make a difference. What did Jesus say of the widow who put her coins in the basket in the temple? She's given more than most because she gave out of her need. She gave it. Though she didn't have it. Remember the old Ray Bolt song, Thank You? One part of the song, he talks about how a missionary is in heaven, and he says, he was, uh, he said he didn't know the Lord, but there was a missionary who came to your church, and he took, he took up an offering, and you didn't have it, but you gave it anyway. He said, I'm here to say thank you for giving to the Lord. Yeah. I am a life that was changed. You see, it's all about that giving. Do you give time? Do you give your talent? Do you give your treasure? Do you give a combination of all of it? You should. 
Right now we've got such a tremendous rotation of leaders and teachers in our, among our kids in the back. We're, we're in energizing uh, older kids to come and teach younger kids. Man, it's fun to watch. It's exciting to see. That's because you're investing in our children. Let's continue to invest. Let's don't stop. Let's keep doing it. And we can always do more. And as God provides, we will. Let me pray. Join me in prayer, would you? Father, thank you for whatever there is in the needs of your people in this room this morning. And I know that you are miraculously going to show up today in some way by your power, through your goodness. You're going to continue to meet the needs of the folks in this room today. God, I ask that those who tithe continue to do so with great understanding that you are waiting to pour out a blessing upon them. If there is someone in the room today who said, well, you know, preacher, I've never tithed, but I'm going to give it a shot. Would you prove to them your faithfulness to them? God, in any way, when we plant a seed in faith, we ask you for a miraculous multiplying harvest. God, meet needs. And now, God, I want to pray specifically for all those who suddenly recognize that we may have more than we need in some areas of our lives. I ask that we would have the blessing of being an answer to prayer for someone else who's in need. God, prompt us when we can be a part of your miracle provision story in the life of someone. God, use us. Show us what we have. Give us faith and not fear to be a part of your miraculous provision story. And stories in the lives of people that we encounter day in and day out. But God, the greatest miracle that could happen today is somebody who would say, I've never surrendered to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I want to do it. I want to do it. And God, we would love to have the opportunity to go down through Scripture and to teach them more fully what their, that decision means. And, and then God culminate that decision in the waters of baptism. God, I'm just praying. I just pray you'll bless this church. You'll keep blessing these people. And God, you'll just do what you need to do as we surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen.